My name is Padraigo Tuma, and I write poetry and read poetry. I think sometimes people think that poetry is this lofty art to which the ordinary everyday experience bows down in a sense of ineptitude and inadequacy, when really it's the other way around. Poetry bows down to unexpected human encounters, to unexpected moments, to meetings with strangers that we have, something surprising that comes out of nowhere that we want to hold and honour and bow down to, and the poem tries to do that with us. Wishing Well by Gregory Pardlow Outside the Met, a man walks up, sun-tweaking the brim sticker on his starter cap, and he says, pardon me, old school. He says, you know, is this a wishing well? Yeah, son, I say, sideways over my shrug, throw your bread on the water. I tighten my chest, wheezy as rockway beach sand with a pull of faux smoke from my e-cig to cosy the truculence I hotbox alone and I am at the museum because it is not a bar. Because he appears not to have changed them in days, I eye the heel-chewed hems of his pants and think probably he will ask me for 50 cents any minute now. Wait for it. A smoke or something. Central Park displays the frisking transparency of autumn. Tracing paper sky, leaves like eraser crumbs gum the pavement. As if deciphering celestial script, I squint and purse off toward the roofline of the museum, aloof as he fists two pennies from his pockets, mumbling and then aloud, my man, he says, hey, my man, I'm going to make a wish for you too. I'm laughing now. So what? You want me to sign a waiver? He laughs along. Ain't say all that, he says, but you do have to hold my hand and close your eyes. I make a starless night of my face before he asks, Are you ready? Yeah, dog, I'm ready. Sure, sure, let's do this. His rough hand in mine inflates like a blood pressure cuff and I squeeze back as if we are about to step together from the sill of all resentment and timeless toward the dream source of unneeding. The two of us hurtle, sharing the cosmic breast of plenitude when I hear the coins blink against the surface and I cough up daylight like I've just been dragged ashore. See now, you'll never walk alone, he jokes, and is about to hand me back to the day he found me in, like I was a rubber duck, and he says, you got to let go, but I feel bottomless, and I know he means well, though I don't believe, and I feel myself shaking my head no when he means let go his hand. I picked this poem because I love it. <laughs> I mean, there are so many reasons why this poem is so brilliant, but I just love it because I'm so moved by it each time. The main character in it, it starts off by being so alone and aloof. He's trying to smoke and he says it is at the museum because it's not a bar. You wonder, is he trying to escape from something? He's quite a solitary character and he's drawn out of himself gradually, really gradually, almost reluctantly at the start because this other character comes along and starts to engage him. You know, you know, is this a wishing well? And then he's looking at him with suspicion almost to think, oh, he's probably going to ask me for something. 
We hear that the speaker of the poem thinks that the other man might be homeless, but we don't know that for sure. This is just the assumption of the speaker. And he, the other person, seems so at ease. He's observing this man and he draws him out. What's his story? We don't know anything about him apart from the fact that he is who he is. He has the brilliance to say to him, I'm going to join you with me by making a wish. And then he's comfortable with touch and he's comfortable with asking for trust as well. Close your eyes. What a vulnerable way to be in the middle of a city. This is an urban poem. It's happening in front of the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. I'm not sure. Would I close my eyes and hold somebody's hand standing in a city while they toss two pennies into a wishing well to make a wish? But Gregory Pardlow was totally brought into this moment of hospitality, this moment of surprise. And you wonder what's going to happen. This poem is narrative because you're thinking, where is it going to go? What's going to happen? How is it going to evolve? How will they let go of hands? Will they become great friends? How will this resolve itself? Gregory Pardlow is a brilliant poet who captures the sounds of urban conversation and urban settings quite amazingly in his work. There's so much everyday casual conversation happening there and he's not giving you too many descriptors as to how to know who's talking where. But when you enter into the music of everyday conversation, you can just hear it going back and forth and your voice rises and drops with the music of conversation by following him along. I remember being in New York City once and I was sitting doing some writing in Union Square Park and somebody came up and sat right next to me and they were tall and athletic and it was a man, he was wearing sneakers and a wedding dress and he moved really close to me and he looked at what I was writing and then he said, you're going to have to write much bigger than that. <laughs> and then he walked away and I found myself so moved by this encounter with this stranger that he didn't make any introduction. He just told me that I needed to write bigger. And another time, also in Union Square, I sat and listened to the Hare Krishna's singing. I love the Hare Krishna's song. And um, this man sat next to me and after about half an hour, he said to me, are you here because you need to hear this? And I said, I am. And we spoke for about half an hour, two men kind of at the end of ourselves, listening to this music and trying to figure out how to pay attention to our lives. I never even got his name. I follow him on Twitter, but I never found his name. And I love what cities can do by putting people up close to each other in that way. The speaker in this poem, even though they're in a big city and they're encountering somebody else in this big city, they do come across like they're alone. There is this desperate sense to be by themselves, perhaps. Um, I tighten my chest, wheezy as rockway beach sand, with a pull of full smoke and my e sig to cozy the truculence I hotbox alone. And I'm at the museum because it is not a bar. All of those feelings and all of the description there are happening to a person by themselves. You can get the sounds and smells and experiences of a big city all around them, but you experience them as being alone. 
And when you're lonely, you can sometimes feel awkward about stepping out of loneliness too. When you're lonely in a big city, you can surround yourself with people. But if somebody tries to talk to you, you can feel awkward thinking, what's going to happen here? Will I have any control? And so then what's lovely about this other character in the poem is that the other character in the midst of coming up at the start to say, do you know, is this a wishing well? Is the one that says, well, let's make it a wishing well by tossing two pennies into it and asking to hold a hand and close eyes. And the speaker in this poem feels something like a rush. It's so beautiful. The, the rough hand of the other guy inflates like a blood pressure cough and I squeeze back as if we're about to step together from the sill of all resentment and timeless toward the dream source of unneeding. What resentments and needs is this character holding? He seems in this moment of encounter to be able to step out of resentment, to step out of needing, and he is being hurtled toward the cosmic breast of plenitude. Maybe there's a sense of lack and suddenly these two strangers are hurtling toward plenty hurtling toward flourishing, hurtling towards encounter and hurtling towards this sense of not being alone anymore. I mean, there's ways within which this poem is giving itself coordinates to understand some of the deeper resonances of the poem when it says, I cough up daylight like I've just been dragged ashore. He's been rescued from drowning. What's he drowning in? And then the man says, see now, you'll never walk alone. He jokes he seems to have totally gotten it, that this is about drowning in aloneness and somehow by somebody literally reaching and touching his hand and holding his hand, he's been dragged ashore out of aloneness into some kind of human encounter. These two don't seem to go on to become friends, but this moment of connection seems to be something that holds them together. the other guy says to him you got to let go the speaker in the poem Gregory Pardalo says but I feel bottomless and I know he means well though I don't believe and I feel myself shaking my head no it seems like when he is hearing this instruction you've got to let go that maybe it's an instruction like a therapist would give let go of your resentment let go of your sadness let go of whatever it is that you're holding let go of whatever it is that's contributing towards your isolation and then the other guy just says, no, I mean, let go of my hand. <laughs> and he's holding on to this person's hand even after the game of the wishing well. And that's so beautiful. Something so tangible like that went so deep because of its surprise. And I think, too, because of the charm and the gallantry of this person who comes up and makes a city well, a wishing well, and invites somebody to hold his hand and close his eyes and step into the dream world of human encounter. And there's this question as to what does it mean to be wished well from somebody else when you feel so alone. There is a way within which touch and surprise and plenitude here opens up a deep well of longing, of loneliness and of need in Gregory Pardlow that is touched profoundly by the hold of this man's hand that's like a blood pressure cuff. Wishing Well by Gregory Pardlow Outside the Met, a man walks up, sun tweaking the brim sticker on his starter cap, and he says, pardon me, old school, he says, you know, is this a wishing well? 
Yeah, son, I say sideways over my shrug. Throw your bread on the water. I tighten my chest, wheezy as rockway beach sand with a pull of full smoke from my e-cig to cozy the truculence I hotbox alone and I am at the museum because it is not a bar. Because he appears not to have changed them in days, I eye the heel-chewed hems of his pants and think probably he will ask me for 50 cents any minute now. Wait for it. A smoke or something. Central Park displays the frisking transparency of autumn. Tracing paper sky, leaves like eraser crumbs gum the pavement. As if deciphering celestial script, I squint and purse off toward the roofline of the museum, aloof as he fists two pennies from his pockets, mumbling and then aloud, my man, he says, hey, my man, I'm going to make a wish for you too. I'm laughing now. So what? You want me to sign a waiver? He laughs along. Ain't say all that, he says. But you do have to hold my hand and close your eyes. I make a starless night of my face before he asks, are you ready? Yeah, dog, I'm ready. Sure, sure, let's do this. His rough hand in mine inflates like a blood pressure cuff and I squeeze back as if we are about to step together from the sill of all resentment and timeless toward the dream source of unneeding, the two of us hurtle, sharing the cosmic breast of plenitude. When I hear the coins blink against the surface and I cough up daylight like I've just been dragged ashore. See now, you'll never walk alone, he jokes, and is about to hand me back to the day he found me in, like I was a rubber duck and he says you got to let go but I feel bottomless and I know he means well though I don't believe and I feel myself shaking my head no when he means let go his hand Wishing Well comes from Gregory Pardlow's book, Digest. Thank you to the Permissions Company on behalf of 4-Way Books, who gave us permission to use Gregory's poem. Read it on our website at onbeing.org. Poetry Unbound is... Chris Hegel. Aaron Kalasako. Siri Grassley. Eddie Gonzalez. Lillian Vo, Christiane Wartell. Karen Navar-Wicky. Karen Tawi, Suarisa. And me, Lily Percy. Our music is composed and provided by Gautam Trikushen and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy, like On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen or visit us at onbeing.org to find out more. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota.